Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your Source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 517 for the second of ER in a regular year. And today we're going to be talking about a fundamental idea in human psychology, something which many psychologists have discussed and debated about over time, namely the idea of human pleasure. And what is human pleasure? What do humans derive pleasure from? And what is the root of all human pleasure? And so the Tanya has a very simple answer to this question to this quandary. The Tanya states that really the deepest form of human pleasure and kind of like the root of all pleasures is the pleasure in being alive, the pleasure and the desire to be alive. And we see this, that there really is the survival instincts that all humans have even, God forbid, in the cases of people who commit suicide, often at that very last second, often, unfortunately, when it's like too late, there's a moment of regret. This is something that actually is also discussed about in Torah, about how nobody willingly would ever take their own life and how life and the desire for life, the desire to be alive is such a fundamental aspect of what it means to be human. It really is kind of like the definition of what it means for us to be human. And so how does this relate to what we're going to be learning today in Tanya? Well, We've been discussing a lot in the past few chapters and the past few episodes about the concepts of loving and fearing God. And what we're ultimately going to be learning about today is that when we really meditate upon this idea of how the most fundamental desire, the most fundamental pleasure, the deepest pleasure that we can have is in the experience of being alive. If we really, really meditate upon this, and if we start to really take this to its utmost degree, what this will translate in being is what this will translate into is a an a extreme desire and craving for God and and having pleasure in God and a great love of God. Why? Because ultimately, what is our life? Ultimately, why are we here? How did we get here? Ultimately, our na- life is nothing but God. So this is something that we've been discussing already for a few episodes and this is really the true reality of life. So it's like sort of like elsewhere in Chesedes, there's this idea that's spoken about, about external wills and internal wills. So I don't want to get too deeply into it uh, at at this point. This is maybe a bigger discussion for another time. But there's this idea of how when people go about th- life and they say that they want different things, th- they say they want certain things, but really what they want is something, they're expressing an external will, but really what they truly crave is something more internal. This is something that a lot of advertisers and marketers know very, very well. This is something which Don Draper, the protagonist of the show, the famous show Mad Men, knew and was very much aware of. He was a uh, advertising executive at a firm and he talked 
often about how what it is that they're selling is not the product itself. What they're selling is the feeling that the person wants to get from the product. So for example, when they're trying to sell lipstick, the makeup com company really tries to get into the psyche of their customers, of the people that will be buying the lipstick. So think about the average cu customer who is buying lipstick. What what is it that this customer wants? So superficially, they want lipstick, right? But is that really what they want? What they really want is to be beautiful, right? Why do they want to be beautiful? Why does this, uh, let's say, a 30-something-year-old 30, 30 woman living, single woman living in New York want to be beautiful? She most likely wants to have a higher self-esteem, right? Maybe she wants to attract a mate. Why does she want to attract a mate? So we can keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. Maybe she wants to feel loved. Maybe she wants to feel admired. Like, And then why does she want to feel admired? Why does she want to feel loved? There's deeper levels. She wants to feel a sense of self-worth. So we can keep asking the question, why, 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 why? And ultimately, the fundamental answer at the root of all of this is at that basic level, the simplicity of wanting to be alive, wanting to feel alive and wanting to be alive and not wanting to give up one's life. And what the ultra rabbit does is he takes this fundamental desire and craving to an even deeper extent. And he says that really, truly, this ultimate desire of wanting to be alive really means the desire for God, because God is the source of all life, and God is our life, and our life is nothing but God. So let's get into the text and see how the Alter Rebbe explains this, and we'll try to bring it back in full circle at the very end. So here we go. So we are in chapter, we're beginning chapter 44 today. And it begins by referring back to the different levels of love, which uh, which we were discussing last time. Namely, just to give you a little refresh, there was Avaraba, which was like that great love that we talked about that comes as a gift from God or as, as a result of somebody attaining the most complete level of fear of God. And then there's the level of Avatolam, which is the lesser, lower level of love, but still very great, which is a love that a person achieves through meditation and contemplation upon God's greatness. So the altar goes on and he says that these two levels of love are divided into many different aspects and levels to an infinite degree. So it's not just these two simple types of love. There's actually many, many different levels. And each one is in accordance with a person's spiritual capacity. So according to a person and their ability to develop themselves and to think about God and and those kind of things and the level of where they're holding at, they can get to different types of levels. So it's not like a yes or no thing with these levels of love, basically. It's like you can attain them to lesser or higher degree. And then the ultra Rabbi says that this is alluded to in the way that the Zohar explains a Pasuk, which comes from Mishle chapter 31, verse 23. So the Pasuk is Noda Besha'arim Ba'ala, which literally means her husband is known in the gates. So we'll see that there's going to be a little play on words with this and the way that the Zohar explains this. So it literally means her husband is known in the gates. So what does that mean? So the the Zohar in the first part of the Zohar on page 103b explains that the husband is God. We're talking about God. And God makes himself known to each person to the extent that they measure in their hearts, the extent of like how they set aside to be able to have God be known. And so where do where does the Zohar get this from? Is the word she'arim. So that her husband is known in the gates. So the word for gates is she'arim, which 
etymologically in Hebrew is related to the word shi'ul, which is a certain amount, like a set amount, like a measurement. So it's just, so when we say that our the husband is known in the gates, we can also say that the husband is known in the in the measurements. The more we measure the more we set aside the amount in our heart to love God, that's the amount that God will make himself known to us. And so now the altar goes on to say that this is why it says about love of God, that these are things that are hidden to God. So God alone knows them. This is a verse from Devarim chapter 29, verse 28, where it says, Hanistorot that these things are hidden to God. So what things? These things are the, the love and fear. So what does this mean? And then verses... By contrast, the verse goes on to say that Torah and mitzvot, then the Torah and mitzvahs are haniglot lanu ulevanenu lasot chule. The Torah and mitzvahs are revealed. So what does it mean that the love of and fear of God are hidden and Torah and mitzvahs are revealed? So the Altarabah explains that Torah and mitzvahs is something that we all do in the same way. Like we all have the same laws. We all have the same Torah. You go to a Jew in Spain. You go to a Jew in Israel. You go to a Jew in America. We're all keeping the same Torah. We're all reading from the same Torah. We all have the same mitzvahs. It's not catered made to everybody. There's one law. Sure, you can go to your individual rabbi and ask for different sakhalachas and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, there's a, a unity, a singularity amongst it all that it's, it's really all coming from the same place. And it's basically the same. It's within, there may be different sakhs, but it's all within the same realm of this halacha, that halacha, like it's the same exact halacha, which is not the case when it comes to love and fear. These are things that are extremely individualistic. These are things that are very personal and it goes accordance to the amount of das that a person has. Remember, das is that knowledge, that connective kind of knowledge that a person has uh, of God that is found in their mind and in their heart as we explained above. So we talked about this previously in the previous chapter in the few episodes ago about how really every person can develop, especially when we talk about the Avat Olam, that they can, um, they can develop it through their individual meditation. It's a very individualistic process. And so too the Avat Rabbah is also very individual because it's it, it, it comes to a person individually as a gift in accordance with their service, right? But now the ultra bit is going to bring up a different type of love, which is distinct from these two in the sense that it is more singular and it is more unified and the same amongst all Jews. What is that? So, and, and he says that this love that we're going to be discussing actually encompasses within it these two other types of love, the Avarabba and the Avatolam. And it's equal amongst all Jews. And it's actually something that we all, we don't have to work for it. It's something that was given to us as an inheritance from our forefathers. And so what is this love that we're discussing that we all have to equal degree and equal measure and it was given to us as an inheritance? So the Altar says that this love is alluded to in the way that the Zohar explains a pasuk in Yeshayahu chapter 26 verse 9 which what's the pasuk the pasuk is nafshi viticha balayla vagomel so my soul i desire you at night so it's uh, talking about somebody who desires god at night specifically so what does the zohar say about this the zohar says that what does everybody want? Ever, and this is referring back to the intro to the podcast where I, discuss, I began discussing this. Everybody wants to be alive. Everybody craves being alive. And when a person is weak, God forbid, or a person is not feeling good, God forbid, they, they crave life. They, they crave and long and yearn for their soul to wake them up, especially at night 
you know, like let's say if a person is uh, going to sleep and they're not feeling well, they're at, they're really they have some kind of illness, God forbid. Then they when when they go to sleep, they are craving that when they wake up, their soul will be restored to them when they wake up. And so the altar says that this is what this Pasuk is referring to, that when it says, my soul, I desire you at night, is that to the extent that a person loves and craves their soul at night when they're not feeling well, actually, really, we always crave our, our soul and our life. This is the extent to which we should love God, because as we'll see that loving our lives and loving God is really one in the same, because God is the life of all life, the true life. And so when a person really desires God, when a person really desires life, what they're really ultimately saying, even if they're not necessarily conscious of it, they're really saying that they, they desire God because God is the source of all life. God is the life force behind it all. And so a person really should have this awareness that they want to draw God to be close to them. And how do we draw God close to us is through keeping Torah, right? Because God and Torah are one and the same. So this is the awareness that the Zohar is teaching that a person should really have every day. And the Zohar goes on to say that really this awareness should lead a person to want to wake up in the middle of the night and and push themselves to serve God until the morning because if a person really 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 had this awareness of the of where their life comes from and what their true life is they would crave nothing but God and they would just want to be close to God all the time even if it's the middle of the night you know and I, I know that's not so practical for the vast majority of people but this is sort of like just to give us a really strong demonstration of what we're getting for so Again, to bring it back to, so that's the end of the section. And just to bring it back to the beginning, what we were just discussing about this idea of external will and internal will. So going back to the person, the the woman who's purchasing lipstick, if somebody were to come up to her and say, you know, I really like your lipstick and she, like, I, I like what it looks on you. And then let's say she were to say, oh, thanks. I really like lipstick too. Then if the person were to say, oh, what is it about lipstick that you really like? And if she were to just say like, I don't know, I just really like it. I like lipstick. Then she really wouldn't be being honest with herself or she might be, it might be honest. It might be true that she just really liked lipstick, but she's not a very deep person. Somebody, the deeper a person is, the more that they will start to really analyze the inner hidden well behind it all. So a, a deeper person might start to say, well, I really like lipstick because it makes me feel beautiful. Why do I like feeling beautiful? Because it makes me feel good about myself, have a high self-esteem. I like how people treat me when I'm wearing lipstick and so on and so forth. And so similarly here too, this analogy is the same thing when it comes to our love of life, which is really this true pleasure of all pleasures is that we love to be alive. We love our lives. And when we really get into that, why do we love our lives? What is our lives? All of that, we start to realize that ultimately our true life is really God. So this will and should lead lead us to awakening this great love of God that we all innately have within us. So it's not even something that we really have to like work to get. It's not something that we need to hope that God gives us as a present like of our Rabbah. And it's not something that we need to like really work and meditate upon and work and work and work. It's just something that we actually just need to become aware of is the fact that we all do have this love in, within ourselves. Inherent in the fact, the proof is the fact that we love our lives. Just like the proof that the woman wearing the lipstick loves feeling beautiful is the fact that she's wearing lipstick. The proof that we love God is the fact that we love love being alive because being alive means 
God, because God is life. So I hope that made sense. And uh, we'll continue along these lines tomorrow when we can cha- continue chapter 44. And I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzhak Ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.